On September 24th, 1988, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses was knocked out of the top spot on the weekly top 40s by this song. Any guesses? Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy took the world by storm with this catchy little tune. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no girl to make you smile. So don't worry, be happy. Because when you worry, your face will frown and that will bring everybody down. So don't worry, be happy. It has been a crazy week or so, a, a lot of frowning as we see a world full of worry and anxiety. And as you know, many events have been suspended or even canceled. So to keep with that theme, uh, we're going to suspend our series in Joshua. And rather, I'm going to preach on something that probably none of you have actually struggled with this week, the topic of worry. Uh, well, good morning. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at Huntington Community Church, and I'd like to greet everyone watching from all around the East Coast. Greetings to the moms and dads who are watching with their Marshall student who has an extended spring break. Also, greetings to the families where you're still in your pajamas at 11 a.m. Glad you could also join us. Uh, greetings to uh, Joe Dorsey who's probably eating his second bowl of grape nuts by this point in the morning. Greetings to Bo Smith. I'm hoping you're able to watch this uh, through live feed through your apocalyptic bunker buried in your backyard. Um, glad you all could join us this morning. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus has just begun his public ministry. There's this buzz about his teaching. He's quickly becoming one of the most popular teachers in all of Israel. He begins preaching about this kingdom of God. Jesus is informing his audience that there are simply two kingdoms. The kingdom of this world in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the people of this kingdom act very differently than the citizens of the kingdom of darkness. And in Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus gives us a powerful picture of how the citizens of the kingdom of God should actually live. He says this, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. Notice that this is not a suggestion, it is a command from Jesus. Anxiety or worry, is, is, it's an emotion that is a negative judgment about the future where the outcome is unsure. Let me say that again. Anxiety or worry, it, it's an emotion that is a negative judgment about the future where the outcome is not sure. Anxiety is the antithesis of hope. Hope is a positive view of the future, where anxiety has already made a negative judgment towards some future event, something out there. Anxiety and fear, they're very similar. They're like cousins. You will usually find them hanging out together. Anxiety is, is focusing on ourselves. It is inward-focused. And therefore, it is the opposite of love, where love is outward-focused. When dealing with anxiety, we will use different words to hide behind. Words such as concern or agonize, overthink, panic, lose sleep, get worked up, get stressed, or fret, or bother. There are many words that we use to package or hide behind 
anxiety. From the youngest child to the oldest adult, everyone struggles with some degree of anxiety. Now, let me just say this. It is possible to have godly concern. Godly concern is caring about important things for the right reason. Godly concern is also accompanied by a trust in God's ultimate control and faithfulness. For example, in the world today, you have plenty of good reasons to worry. Things like, where can I buy toilet paper? Do we have enough baby formula and diapers? Where can I find hand sanitizer? How do I make sure I'm not spreading germs? Let's just forget about the coronavirus for a moment and think more broadly, more generically. Do, do I have any real friends? Do the kids at school like me? Why did he not answer his phone? Is he okay? Will I ever find a spouse? If I do find one, will he or she be faithful? Will I be able to have kids? If I have kids, how will they turn out? Will they love the Lord? What about my health? Will I get cancer? How will I pay for it? I don't like being alone. Will my retirement run out too early? And the list could go on and on and on. So how do you work through anxieties? How do you actually deal with the heart of the issue? Well, at the heart of anxiety and worry is a wealth of insight into what you actually value. Let's read what comes right before the passage on worry and anxiety. Let's just back up to verse 19 of chapter 6. Verse 19 says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We see in this passage that there are simply two kingdoms. These kingdoms are at opposition with one another. They are at war. These kingdoms are fighting for your allegiance. I like how one author explains this concept. She writes, what does it mean then to allow Jesus to be Lord of our lives? What does it mean that anything is the Lord of our life? It means just this. Whatever controls us is Lord. The person who seeks acceptance is controlled by the people he or she wants to please. We do not control ourselves. We are controlled by the Lord of our lives. If Jesus is our Lord, then He is the one who controls us. He has the ultimate power. In his book, The Religious Affections, Jonathan Edwards writes, The author of the human nature has not only given affections to men, 
but has made them very much the spring of men's actions. We are created to have affections. What we do is easily traced back to what we chase after or what we love. I love Edward's description of, of our affections being very much the spring of men's actions. To a culture without tap water, if you were traveling for days and stumbled upon a fresh spring, this would stir your emotions. You would get off your horse, grab your empty containers, or even your full containers, and dump out that water that had lost its freshness and fill it up with fresh, cool water from that spring. Sadly, most of us see the spring but keep sipping on the lukewarm, stagnant water of this world. We ignore the refreshing, life-giving water that Jesus gives to our souls. Worry and anxiety reveal your affections. They show us what you care about. They reveal what your heart treasures. For example, I don't get worried at all when the Mountaineers are losing in the fourth quarter. Why? Because there's nothing at all in my heart that, that stirs my affections for the Mountaineers. What stirs your affections? What things do you treasure? Here are some common things that we tend to treasure. We treasure affirmation. Man, we love it when somebody at work tells us that without us, this whole operation would fall apart. That stirs our affections. We feel good about ourselves when people affirm us. Uh, we treasure comfort. We love it when our plans go well. Uh, this week has probably been difficult, maybe because comfort is, is not there for you. We, we can also treasure power and control and materials. We treasure children, our families. So how would you know if your desire has become inordinate or, or a mastering desire? Here are three questions to ask yourself. Just to self-counsel, maybe during this difficult time, time of chaos, you can just ask yourself these questions to help see if, if you have some mastering desires. Number one, does it consume me? Has your brain just dwelt on this coronavirus situation? Is that all you're thinking about? Number two, do I sin in order to get it? So would you steal things that aren't yours so that you can get um, this treasure? Do I sin, third question, do I sin when I don't get it? So ask yourself those three questions. Does it consume me? Do I sin in order to get it? Do I sin when I don't get it? So if I love affirmation and I'm not getting that affirmation, do I start to lie and, and, and bend the truth about my life so people would begin to um, appreciate who I you know, am pretending to be? So do I sin when I don't get it? Because of life's uncertainties, you actually have good reasons to worry. But you, Christian, have many, many more reasons not to worry. 
Jesus reminds us that we do have some things that are for certain. Jesus lays these things out for us in verses 25 through 34. So let's look at that in chapter 6 of Matthew's Gospel. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." So you and I need to realize in this time of, of anxiety that, that you are making a judgment about the king of the greater kingdom. You are essentially saying to this king that he has forgotten you or that he cannot intervene into your situation. Notice how Jesus ties anxiety to your lack of faith. He says, oh, you of little faith. Anxiety is about not trusting the Lord. Anxiety happens when you lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let me close this morning with another familiar passage on anxiety. Philippians 4, verse 4 through 9. Paul, who is writing from prison, writes this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things and what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Notice how Paul addresses our emotions and actions things like joy and anxiety 
And then he commands us to think a certain way. Here's what God wants you to understand about how you have been created. Don't miss this truth. Your feelings and emotions come from what you think and believe. This means that what you tell yourself will either calm your fears or feed them. You must make sure your thoughts are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely. Usually your thoughts, when you are anxious, anxious and worried, are they're not true thoughts. You have been deceived by yourself. Let me model this for you. Here's an anxious thought. I'm on a plane. And I just know this plane's going to crash. I, I just can't do this. I'm freaking out. I don't want to die. Here's your new thought. Thank you, Lord, that I am in your hands. I am just as safe up here as I am on the ground. See how that's a true thought? You are in control of all things. I can trust you to help me with whatever happens. Here's another fearful thought or anxious thought. Someone I love or maybe even myself will get the coronavirus. Here's a new thought. Lord, I know my days are numbered. Help me not to waste one single day of my life. That's truth. Help me to live today for you. That's commendable. Remind me, Lord, that this is not my home. Help me to long for my heavenly home. If you live this week in great fear and anxiety, then I encourage you to evaluate your citizenship. You need to ask yourself, which king has my allegiance? If you are the functioning king of your life, then you are going to produce anxiety and worry and fear because you do not make a very good king. Neither do I. You are not all-knowing. You are not sovereign. You do not know or control the future. And therefore, you are going to become anxious. I encourage you to bow down to the king of all kings, Jesus Christ. Jesus came into this worried-filled world and never sinned. Jesus never worried while he was on earth. If anyone had reason to worry, it would have been Jesus. What if these people won't believe in me? What if this plan of salvation doesn't work? What if I don't go to the cross? Why do they want to kill me? What will they think of my death? Yet Jesus never sinned because he trusted the plans of his heavenly Father. Jesus laid down his life for the world. Jesus took your sin to the cross. This includes your sins of anxiety and fear and worry. Jesus was buried in a tomb. Three days later, he rose from the grave. He ascended back to heaven where he now reigns to this very day in all power and majesty.
He is the King. And He wants you to submit to His Lordship. He wants you to bring all your anxieties to Him. He cares for you. Jesus is not shocked. He is not anxious about COVID-19. He has allowed this virus to spread throughout this world, and we can trust Him no matter what comes our way. Several of you this week have shared an article from the Gospel Coalition entitled C.S. Lewis on the Coronavirus. C.S. Lewis was trying to combat the lifestyle of his day where people were living in fear of being hit by an atomic bomb. The Gospel Coalition adapted Lewis's article to fit our present day of fear of the coronavirus. So he writes this, and it's been adapted to fit our context. He writes this, This is the first point to be made. The first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we're going to be destroyed by a virus, then let the virus, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Things like praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a point and playing games of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about the virus. It may break our body, but it need not dominate our minds. It is true that we are living in interesting days. Are there reasons to be worried? Yes, absolutely. But there are more reasons to not worry, to not be anxious. May we as Christians set an example for the world of what it means to have peace that surpasses all understanding. Let's pray. God, may you grant us the grace to see the depths of our hearts so that, that we can be a pleasing vessel for you to use. May we see you as the treasure, as the spring of life. May we not keep sipping on the lukewarm, stagnant water in this world. Help us to not ignore the refreshing, life-giving water that Jesus gives to our soul. Help us to have godly thinking which will help lead to godly living. Lord, help us to join with Paul, who could say, while in prison, I rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Or, or how Paul might tell us today, rejoice in the Lord, even during pandemic, even during this confusion, even during the chaos. I will say it again, rejoice. Jesus, remind us that we make terrible kings and help us to submit and surrender to your Lordship. Amen. God bless. Enjoy your day.